Good morning. I'm Karen Audubon. So this morning, um, I wanted to catch up with what's been going on in the county. Um, I've been, of course, watching the Board of Supervisors streaming it at home. Um, watched they had a long meeting last Tuesday, or and they had another not-so-long meeting yesterday where they've been covering a lot of critical issues for the county. Um, and I feel really being proactive um, Again, let me say, this is a really hard-working group of supervisors now that we have, and they're really addressing a bunch of critical issues that are uh, facing the county. Um, I will say it's taken a little bit of time to get the, to where we are with the issues. Um, I think the PG&E money and the settlement that we got the money last year, I think in the fall possibly, and it's taken them till now to really nail down a process on how to spend that money that took um, a big chunk uh, of discussion in the last board meeting. So what they've been, their approach has been is um, they've put out a call to the departments within um, the county and uh, also local uh, groups in the county that would request some of this one-time funding. That would be the PG&E settlement money that uh, comes to the tune of, I think, $21.6 million. That's one-time funding. And so a lot of different of the departments have put in requests. Uh, It's pretty impressive, actually. Uh, You can actually go to the Board of Supervisors website and pull up the agenda, and then you can pull up all the... All the documentation that is given to the, all the reports and all that requests that are given to the supervisors. So what happened last, um, last week was they saw presentations from a lot of different, um, organizations in the county and several departments. So what happens is when you start looking at the requests that have come in for this money, uh, there is a total request on the table just as of uh, last week of 38, just over $38 million. All right. And then y- yesterday they had more presentations from the uh, Redwood Valley Fire Department, Potter Valley Fire Department, and they're still accepting uh, requests for this money. Um, the county um, CEO's office will be receiving accepting requests from different organizations throughout the county um, for money up until the end of this month. I think it's May 31st. I think there's 31 days in this month. Um, Another presentation uh, yesterday that was given was from the County of Mendocino Foundation, Community Foundation, and they have a big uh, pocket of money, grant money, that they've been uh, distributing to help the communities of Redwood Valley and Potter Valley recover from those terrible fires. So those are the type of requests. But on the table now that I can see reported here is $38 million. And then you can go to another presentation they had as four pages. And it lists all the um, government, all the county agencies and offices and what their requests are, which is actually fascinating because what's happened is back in... 2008, when we had our recession, the county really had to roll back, and they didn't do a lot for infrastructure. They um, didn't fill staffing positions. Um, They didn't do any new projects. A lot of deferred maintenance happened, not only on our roads, but the infrastructures that the county owns. So the whole organization as a whole really rolled back what it was doing. 
Okay, so we're now many years out from that, and those needs have not gone away. If anything, they've increased. So it's it's really fascinating for me, being a numbers budget gal, um, to see where these departments need money and what they think they need to bring us up to the 21st century, 2021, okay, um, to get us where we should have been if, if we'd had the money to do this all along. And the other thing I find fascinating about this list is that what's also on the table for the county is they're going to be doing strategic planning. Um, uh, Supervisor Hatchek, Hatchek is leading that charge, I think maybe McGordy also, and they're looking for um, contractors to come in and help lead the project and get them doing strategic planning. So the way I look at it is this incredible list, it's four pages long, from the departments of what they need is a great starting ground for our strategic planning. It really, they could take this and use it to say, wow, this is what we need. It's way out of our budget now, but they could start planning about how to address these needs. So for me, this is, a, or and I would hope for the supervisors, is an incredible piece of work that the CEO's office has put out. It really lets you know where the county is at and what is needed. Okay, so that's on the table and that's going on. Um, one of the interesting um, topics that, uh, and it, along with this, what came up last week is there was um, a report on facility needs, or not a report, it was a request um, from the facility, about the facilities the county owns. Um, what they want to do is they want to hire an outside person to come in who knows what they're doing, is usually an architect or somebody who knows about buildings, and have them inspect all the buildings the county owns. Our county owns a lot of buildings. Uh, one of them that was mentioned that's not being used right now that I've never seen, but people in Willits will know about is, I guess there's a whole justice center up in Willits that's not being used. So th that's another assessment they're going to spend some money to do is to find out what the county owns and what they need. Um, which is a great idea. It's fascinating because the county just purchased uh, the big hotel there for housing, which they've got going. They've also got a building down on Whitmore Lane that is not um, being used right now and has just uh, is going to require, I think they said, a $2 million roof job. So it seems like in the last several years, we've been moving departments and adding people around and moving things around and not knowing what we have, what we need, and what can be used. So that's another, I think, part of good strategic planning is finding out what you own and what you need to do to take, maintain it. Um, fascinating part was in closed session last week. I think it was last week or this week. They um, actually sold a building out on Redwood in Redwood Valley. So it's been kind of haphazard with the with the buildings we own and the facilities we own and it's been one just jumping from one to another selling one picking up another so hopefully this uh facilities needs assessment will also feed into strategic strategic planning and we'll have a better idea of what we need and what we don't need and we can move forward 
So there you go. Oh, plus I forgot they picked up a building in Redwood Valley that I know they're going to use for training center or something. So that's kind of where it, what happened last week and a little bit of this week. Um, the other thing that came up that was interesting yesterday, and I wanted to get out to everybody, is there was a big report from PG&E and about what they're doing to address the uh, potential power outages that they're going to have to do for fire safety. That was a fascinating production uh, presentation. It talked about they've been um, actually went through and checked out all the trees in the county and how many they would have to deal with if like a wind trees are off the off the um, right of way but they're so tall they can hit the lines and stuff and they estimated there was like five million trees that they need to consider as possible you know dangers to their uh, lines transmission lines but the one thing they did put out that i wanted to get out to our listeners is that if you go to pg&e.org site there are uh, projects and monies available for if, if you're low income and you have medical needs there's money available and um, projects and programs available for low-income people who have medical needs when a power goes down for equipment, that kind of thing. You can uh, get money for generators, and they'll help you get batteries to back up your medical equipment. So that's something I think we wanted to get out to our listeners today to let them know about that. Um, PG&E has isolated uh, several of their transmission lines and systems so they're projecting that there potentially won't be as many outages safety outages and that if they are if they're necessary they can target the areas smaller areas and so it will um, be smaller outages smaller people less people affected so that was a presentation that was interesting yesterday and helpful for people that need to know what's going on with that. Um, the other part that uh, I listened a lot to was um, the uh, emergency services, uh, Office of Emergency Services, and that was um, Brent that was on. In fact, they are doing a PSA with us about that. Um, uh, Brent Blazer. And he was talking about the what's going on with emergency services, how they're setting up more, more and better communication between the different agencies, the sheriff, the, you know, his office has an emergency services under the sheriff's department, the county has, CEO has one. Um, they were talking about the alert systems that, that he talks about on his promo on the air, different alert systems and how they're trying to get them more widespread, where they work, where they don't work. And he was also explaining, I've heard complaints from neighbors that they get all these great Nexel alerts from Lake County, and but they never get anything from Mendocino County. Well, I think one of the reasons that may be is that we were told yesterday that there's a cost. Every time they send out these alerts on your cell phone or give you a call and stuff, there's a cost per time they do that, per phone call. So that's, they're going to try to, you know, use that system as little as possible and be as effective as possible. 
So I'm going to see if I can't get Brent Blazer on the air in the next few weeks to see about doing a whole thing on what is actually happening with emergency services, who you call, um, you know, that kind of thing. And what, how, how, how you actually feed into it. What, what are we prepared for? What's he's prepared for? How they prepared for it? Um, uh, several meetings ago at the Board of Supervisors, there was an issue of the sheriff's emergency um, section of his um, office didn't have a place to be. They were looking for office space to set it up. Um, I haven't heard where they've even got an office space to do that. So that's an interesting issue. Are we going to be prepared? Is he have his people set up and ready to go? Because it does seem like our fire... Um, our fire situation has come upon us quite early this season. So, um, the Brent Blazer was uh, sent off at the end of the board me meeting yesterday to come back at the end of June with a plan on how he wants to organize all his department and interface with other departments and uh, set up a budget so that this would be a, f they would have a direct funding source. So, we're going to fund this kind of safety issue so that was part of the discussion yesterday that was kind of good um let's see what else we have here uh they like i said they're they're preparing to do uh budget hearings that's coming up they had a quickie um last week they had a rather long detailed report on where we at budget wise in the county um we're, we're actually running ahead of what they anticipated for income but that's just a one point in time. We won't say that by the end of the year that that will be the same situation. But at this point in time, we are ahead financially. Um, so that's a, that's a good thing. That's that's happening. But as we say, that is one point in time in a budget. It's only good for that day. Something drastic could happen next week and take all the funds away. So that was a discussion. And then they'll be having starting budget hearings the, in June for the next budget. So we'll hopefully get a supervisor on or two to talk about the process of that and what they're looking at. But right now the biggest issue on the table is all this PG&E money and how we are going to, how do, how do we invest it in the county to get the best return and be the most effective? Um, that's a lot of one-time money to get. A lot of issues have come up around it. A lot of positive things could happen out of having that money um, one comment for they're they're going to try to prioritize it or they are prioritizing it um, it's been a fascinating process to work they actually came up with a uh, what do they call it a scaling it's a assessment sheet where they're going to take and rank it's a ranking system that's what they called it I've got it right here it's a ranking system of how they're going to rank the various projects um, so the supervisors were sent back with a whole list of the projects that have asked for money and a ranking system. And then they'll go over that to see what are going to be their top priorities. One of the statements that uh, popped out to me was that uh, Ted Williams said, you know, our mandate from the state when we become supervisors and are sworn in, sworn in is for safety. Our top issue for our county and what we are supposed to be doing our job is safety. 
So um, that will be interesting to see if that's the ranking comes out with safety as first. So they're going to be using that. So that was big. That's about money, budget, budgets and all that. One of the, um, yeah, so everybody's got money in. So if you know of any projects or any nonprofits that are trying to get or have a project in your community, you have until the end of May to present a proposal to the CEO's office. All right. Um, you're listening to KCYX and Z. I'm Karen Audubonny, and I've just kind of given you a quick update of some of the issues that popped out for me uh, at the last two Board of Supervisors meeting. Um, another big issue that came up yesterday, I will be opening the phone lines, but I just want to get one more issue out on the table, um, and that's about cannabis. Uh, I My focus on this show has been the cannabis enforcement of the illegal grows and the illegal uh, hoop houses and the the issues that the illegal grows that are affecting the quality of life for our residents the night skies the generators the plastic um, the noise you know all of those quality of life issues so that's what I cover here as far as the phase three phase one making people legit we got a cannabis show they can they can cover that but I've um, talked with the sheriff, as you know, a couple weeks ago about this whole cannabis enforcement because we've had three years of trying to deal with legalizing, getting people in legally. And in that interim, there hasn't been a real focus on all the people that have come into the county that are doing major grows, that are doing covalos of mess. Um, there hasn't been a real focus on how do you how do you address the enforcement site? So that came up at the board uh, uh, last month at the board of supervisors meeting. And they had uh, brought in um, a gentleman, John Ford from Humboldt County and decided they were going to model our enforcement with the, after the Humboldt and modify it a bit. So John Burks is the person in charge of the cannabis enforcement and he came back with a really detailed um, proposal and paperwork showing how he would propose that we as Mendocino County uh, address this cannabis enforcement. It was very detailed. It was a very good presentation. You can again go to the agenda at the supervisor's um, website and see all the charts and everything he had. But it brought in all these different organizations of planning and building, building and planning, a sheriff, uh, can't, they're going to comment and all of that. And it showed all the aspects of how they want to deal with this. Um, the, the illegal enforcement and it was very detailed and the board directed him to go forth and see about um, putting together a budget and making it happen. Uh, the interesting part of this, it's a great presentation. It was, it's a great concept. I really like the way they integrate the different departments. The problem is, as I see it, and just being a little bit critical, it's like three years too late. Or down should have been this should have been happened several years ago, you know. Um, cat's already out of the bag in this issue. Um, and as you look at this plan, you see that they're they're upping the need for staff, and that's a big issue for Mendocino County. Almost every department in our county is short staff and is having a terrible time recruiting staff. So to actually make this 
really good, I think, cannabis enforcement uh, plan work, we're, we should have staff on the ground right now running. We don't. So it's going to be a while down the road before we can actually get this plan up and running. They can do it at small stages, which they're talking about doing. But this isn't going to be for full force and running, I would say, for at least, I'm going to predict, two years. So what's happening with that is I had a short interaction with um, Matt Kendall, our sheriff, yesterday. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to get the state to come up with some money right now to back him up so he can get out in the field and do what he needs to do to get the big, bad, and the ugly people that are involved in this. And that's my term, okay? I came up with the big, bad, and the ugly. That would be environmental damages. That would be the ones that are really in, you know, messing with the environment. That's the ones that are really, really, really big with the greenhouses and stuff. And the bad players, which are the ones that have got the guns the, and the gangs and the, they say mafia, whatever you want to say. So he's going to the state. He's been in discussion with the state to try to get some money this year to actually you know, curb some of the big, bad, and the ugly part of the cannabis enforcement. And um, I'm going to uh, just put it out that if you, this is an issue you're passionate about, this is an issue that's impacting your quality of life, uh, I'm going to suggest, and he suggested, that you get a hold of Mike McGuire's office, he has an office in Ukiah, or get a hold of our local rep, Jim Wood, and he also has an office in, choir, in Ukiah, and just let him know this is something where the state has been collecting money on the cannabis tax and the cannabis, all this, for, for several years now. And this this needs to be part of the money that they've collected at the state level. We've got $75 billion surplus at the state level. Um, they need to trickle that, I believe, and the sheriff believes, need to trickle some of that back down to the counties to help us deal with the big, bad, and the ugly. All right, that's my personal opinion. As you know, I sometimes get personal opinions here. It has nothing to do with the station or anybody associated with the station. This is my personal opinion. I hope everybody understands that. I have, education. I have educated listeners, I know. So, boy, that was a lot. All right, now it's your turn. Oh, one other thing. Just let me, let me just throw it out. One of the things that came up with this cannabis enforcement and all that is we're talking about water, lack of water. Um, the presentation from Redwood Valley was passionate. Uh, it was the Redwood Valley water group out there. They're having people drive up to their tanks and rip off water. Okay? So I just need to say, um, if you see water trucks running around inappropriately, sucking water out, ripping water out, you need to call the sheriff's department or you call Fish and Game. And, or it's Fish and Wildlife now. And they've got a Fort Bragg office. Um, I do have the numbers, but you can get them online. So that's what the sheriff told me to tell you guys. If you see water inappropriately being taken anywhere, you know, you got to do that. And I'm also suggesting people put up game cams to, to find out what's going on. Uh, and there's nobody else regulating this water and stuff. So um, there you go. Along with the drought um, state, a couple weeks ago, we had that big picture of Gavin Newsom and everybody in the Lake Mendocino and the dry lake. So Sonoma and Mendocino were the first counties to be declared emergencies. We now have 40, 
one counties in the state that have been declared emergencies for water. And there also is going to be some drought uh, funding money. So if you're out there and you're part of a water system, Mendocino, town of Mendocino, I hope you're listening. Boonville, Anderson Valley is trying to get water systems in. There's going to be money available at the state level to help us deal with the droughts in these counties. And since Mendocino County and Sonoma County were the first declared, I would hope we would get a priority. All right, folks. KZ Wax and Z, you're listening to us right now. I'm Karen Autobunny. This is called TKO. I've given me my rap. Um, now it's your turn. Four, eight, nine. Wait a minute. That's my number. Eight nine five two four four eight. There we go. Eight nine five two four four eight. My God, I just about gave out my home phone. All right. So let's me get this uh, dialed up here. Eight nine five two four four eight. And here we go with our first caller. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Please turn off your radio when you hear that sound. Yes, good morning, and thank you for all of the great information on all those topics and keeping track of all those important things for us. Um, the one thing that struck in my mind I've been wondering about is all of the tree cutting that's happening on Sherwood Road right now for fire protection. And I really have a mixed feeling about it because I understand that a fire will be less likely to start with the trees cut down. But I noticed that along the road, um, in Brook Trails, along Sherwood Road, they were cutting down a lot of these huge, older, second-growth trees and leaving a lot of really thin, younger trees, which seems contrary, you know, which seems contradictory to me that the old... In my mind, the older trees would probably stand, keep standing, and the littler trees would be more likely to fall over. So my question for the community is, is there any oversight as to what trees are being cut down? Does anyone know what company is in charge of tagging these trees? Because what I'm seeing doesn't feel like good fire protection to me. <laughs> so is like that a, is it is, the, is that within the Brook Trails community? And um, I don't know. They have an association that you're talking about, or is it just associated with Brook Trails? Um, well, actually, the they're now cutting the trees all the way up at First Gate, closer to my house on Sherwood Road. So they've been doing the whole length of Sherwood Road, and I believe that it's a contractor for PG&E. Oh, that doing could be it for protection. Well, I will tell but, you. That yeah, I'm wondering: Does Brook Trails have any input? Does the county have any input on what trees are being cut down for, to protect us from fire? That I do not know. I do know that the fire council has got a huge chipping program going on. I do know that I spent two days last weekend beating myself up, cutting out all those little scraggly trees at the top of my property of fir trees. The fir trees have taken over in the 35 years I've been back there. So, And we're spending another two days this weekend taking out the little trees. And the discussion you're, ha- you're talking about... I went around and around with my nephew, who uh, we argued um, passionately about what trees should be taken out and what shouldn't be taken out. So it's uh, yeah. it's it's a hot topic. I got to tell you. 
Well, and you see a similar thing if you go into the Jackson State Demonstration Forest. I did go to the tree sits there a few weeks ago. And there are all these huge trees marked to be cut down. And then all these tiny trees that are clearly a fire danger that would clearly create an understory fire that are just going to be left. And yeah. it's really confusing to me, like... <laughs> There's, it doesn't seem like logic is being applied to fire tree removal in in many cases. I On my own property, I, I'm doing a similar thing to what you're doing and removing the scraggly and dead and just trying to make space between larger trees. Exactly, and branching up the big ones. We've been branching up the big ones to make, yeah. a, make yeah. it so it's more accessible. So I don't know yeah, if anybody knows if that. If anyone knows like, who's, yeah. who is in charge of making those decisions, I would, I would love to hear more about it. I have a feeling it's probably by certain locales and who's in control of it. That would be it. But, but thank you for the statement because I know we're all out there trying to make this place fire safe. safe. And I just read yesterday that as of the 17th of this month, uh, Cal Fire is closing down all burn permits, which was quick. That was well, fast. So anyway. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because... Yeah, it's, it's scary. It's scary. All right. Thanks for the call. Okay. Thank you. Bye. All right. Okay. Um, we can call in 895-2448 if you have a discussion about one of the topics I've brought up or some queries, questions about what's going on. Um, I know Scott Crowdy does a show here uh, every other, I think it's Tuesday, maybe. Yeah, Tuesday. And he was on yesterday after the Fire Safe Council. I didn't get a chance to hear it because I was streaming the board um, uh, supervisors meeting. But um, he, um, he's he been uh, involved with that. So let's get another caller on the air. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Hello, hello. You're there on the air. I can hear you. But Hi, um, I'm actually... I'm here. I'm actually calling in response to the previous caller. Great. Um, so my understanding of how it works is that um, PG&E is governed by um, rules that were established by the court to remove trees that could have the potential to fall on power lines. So I believe that the spec is any tree that is tall enough that if it should fall, it, should, it could potentially hit power lines. And so that's why we see larger trees being removed. And so... Um, that's the answer. I also am curious about, you know, who has oversight of that, like to what role do the communities play in um, giving permits to PG&E? That I don't know, and I would love to know the answer myself. Yeah, I don't know if they have to get permits, but I will say the presentation they did yesterday had tagged, had had uh, identified, I, th- I think it was, it said 5.3 million trees that have the potential, if they were blown over, to hit their lines, which actually stopped me in my tracks. That's a lot of trees. But that's through all of Mendocino County. So you're talking about 101 going up through Humboldt, you know, up northern California, northern part of our county and all of that. So that was, I sure hope they don't take all those out for sure. Okay. Well, That's thank- a huge amount of trees. And yes. that's just Mendocino County. So this yes. is a, you know, a statewide um, court mandated order, I believe, imposed on the utility. Too bad they couldn't impose them to put them underground, could they? <laughs> Just my my humble yeah. opinion. My humble opinion is when these things go down, put them put them in the ground. Okay. All right. Anything else? Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Um, for the, thank you. Thanks for the call. 
All right, 895-2448. What are you doing to be fire safe? I know we're all out there trying to be fire safe and uh, staying on top of it. Um, so the other uh, other thing I'm going to throw out is that uh, I've been um, I've been vaccinated uh, a month or a half ago, I believe. I can't even remember when. As soon as I could, I did. I'm running into people that are not getting vaccinated. Um, I, I you know I'm I'm pretty bold. I say, hey, if you've been vaccinated, and they say no, and I encourage them to do that. Uh, I'm wondering if other people are running into people that are not vaccinated and what the what do you what do you say to them? How do you? I don't want to you know get snarky about it and say that's ridiculous you're you know you're you're jeopardizing everybody's health and all that but now that the kids can get uh, vaccinated um it's it's going to be interesting to see who and who doesn't and how you encourage those that aren't to do it um i do realize that mendocino county has a high vaccinated rate um, I think it's well over 45% now, probably maybe closer to 50% of our population has been vaccinated. But that doesn't mean that the tourists coming in have been vaccinated. So that's kind of been on my mind, too, about how do you address that with people coming into the county. Also, there's a lot of vaccination clinics that you can find out to, to get get uh, get vaccinated. So if you haven't, please do it. Um, and encourage your friends and family to do it. Uh, we did have another death last week from COVID in our county. I think we're up to now to 49 deaths, um, which um, is really unfortunate and maybe d- doesn't need to happen if we could all just get vaccinated and be safe. So we're going to get another caller on this morning, 895-2448. This is Open Lines for you, the community. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Hi, I'm curious, are there um, programs to help rural landowners with uh, fuel reduction for safety on their, around their home, uh, either doing the work or just people who can come help assess what needs to be done? I'll take my answer off there. Thank you. Well, all I can say is that I know there are some programs that are available. I do not know the extent of the programs, but I would direct you to the Mendocino Fire Safe Council. Um, their phone number is in the book. I don't have it right now here, um, but I would direct you to them, and I believe they have a website. And that would be that they would be the ones to know and be able to. Tell you where to go if there's money available. I've heard about different organizations that are helping out to do that. And that's a critical thing because we have a lot of people that can't afford to it and a lot of people that are older that just can't physically do it. So I think that's a very important issue and I'm hoping more money will become available to do that. All right, I'm going to get another caller on the air. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Great. Um, Every day or so there is an announcement from the uh, from some fire safe council, and they give a number to put on your cell phone or to call to register. And I haven't been able to get those numbers because I haven't happened to have a pen on my in my hand when they call when they announced on the radio. So I wonder if you know 
what I'm talking about. You know, I know that they've been announcing him. I'm looking at the promo for the Fire Safe Council radio show yesterday. I see no numbers, and I don't have any. If you have access to a computer, I'd say that's the best way to go at this point. I'm sorry, I just don't have access to those Where numbers. Where would I go on the computer? Um, I would go, I would Google Mendocino Fire Safe Council. Okay, thank you. And that would do it, I would bet. All right, good luck with that. There you go, thank you. All right, 895-2448. This is your time to uh, get your concerns, talk about what's going on in your community and county. Um, Like I said, there is going to be money at the state level for water, for drought, addressing the drought issue. Um, And I think that they're looking for shovel-ready projects which, you know, I think the only ones I, I know, the only one I know locally for me is Anderson Valley's trying to get water in. Um, but I'm, I bet that some of these smaller community water agencies, or not agencies, but groups like Redwood Valley and places where they have general water, that um, there might be money available to get some tanks, maybe get some more storage. Um, I have to tell you, the, mount, the town of Mendocino is just in a terrible terrible water situation they're already at the top of their water uh uh restriction list i think they've got four one through four they're in four at that at that level um and as far as i know they have not addressed increasing their storage capacity or uh addressed getting more wells i have no idea about the water situation in the town of mendocino but I do think I don't think they've been as aggressive as Fort Bragg with getting more storage and more wells. So hopefully, maybe the town I'm putting it out there, town of Mendocino, get it together and go for the state funding because it's probably a once in a lifetime chance, or well, at least once this time of year to do it. Um, and the other issue is, what happens come the middle of the summer with tourism? And the whole water issue, you can't flush the toilets, you can't brush your teeth, and you sure as heck are going to have a hard time running a restaurant with restricted water. So even the Board of Supervisors yesterday was talking about the uh, sales tax coming in and the uh, transient occupancy tax and how is that going to be affected if we don't have water for tourism. So it's an issue, folks. All right, let's get more callers on. The phones are finally ringing off the hook. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning, Karen Audubody. This is Matt Kendall. Matt, how you doing? Hey, long-time listener, second-time caller. <laughs> How's everything going over there? I dropped some eggs off at the studio this morning. My I know, wife I... was ready to skin me because I had about 12 dozen dollars sitting know. on the counter. I just missed you. So how did I do? I gave her out a pretty bunch, a lot of information. Um... I really think we ought to get some game cans on these uh, water tanks that are getting ripped off, dude. That's what we need to do. Yeah. We're doing a lot of things like that. And also, I'm leaning in on the state, basically explaining to them, they've hired a lot of peace officers over the marijuana stuff. Um, but I haven't seen any of those. I know. I and said I'm that. sorry. Those folks need to step up. And, um, you know, for years and years, the sheriff's office ran with 2.5 people in the marijuana unit. And then over the last uh, couple of three years, that has simply not been enough. We're, I mean, we have seized literally thousands of plants this year from bad actors already. 
uh, we were seizing in April, long before the season actually started. So, but it's a great show. Um, well, listen, and I, I just think it's getting some information out. Well, I did put out that you're dealing with the state, and I put out that people should get a hold of uh, Mike McGuire and Jim Wood. Is there anybody else that we should be getting a hold of to get you the help you need that you can well, think of right now that, to put out? That Cal Cannabis Program, um, and Nicole Elliott is in charge of that, but. I, I think getting a hold of Mike McGuire and Jim Wood, I was driving over, I've got to be in this meeting in Mendocino today, and you hit every point that I, I was hoping that you would, and I really appreciate it. No, and just a quick, I know you got a meeting coming up, but I just want a little bit of feedback from you about this whole cannabis enforcement uh, plan that was put before the supervisors yesterday. I know you had a lot of help were involved doing that with uh what's his name jim john burks yeah does that look like yeah. a good plan to you it looks like really good to me it's an excellent plan i started speaking with the supervisors about this well when i first took office when when the day that tom retired i began speaking with them about this telling them hey this you know this is a snowball rolling downhill um but nobody was ready to jump into it yet until the spotlight got got shown on it and um and, you know, the other thing I think that everybody needs to understand, this is becoming a very divisive topic for Mendocino County, and we don't need to be divided. Uh, people are getting angry at the supervisors. They're just working hard and trying to do a good job, and every one of those folks is a good person. Yeah. Every one of our supervisors is a good person. Let's not get divided over this stuff. They're handed problems that King Solomon could, could think on for six months. And they're, you know, people are expecting them to make a snap decision in five minutes. No, they're looking at 100% of the information and trying to do the right thing. And, I'm, you know, I've had had numerous chats at, at different meetings I've been at. Um, well, we don't like this supervisor. Well, how do you know? Have you spoken to him? Well, yeah. no. Okay, well, he can only carry the water for the people who are calling him and speaking to him. You know, it's... It's getting a little divisive for the county, but the fact of the matter is we all need to be united. And there are things, the the issue is that marijuana is a strange topic in Mendocino County. Uh, we've had a lot of very good, decent, wholesome people involved in it for years. But this is something new that we are dealing with now. It truly is. And I, I think that we all agree that it has the potential. Heck, the, we are part of the Emerald Triangle, folks. It started here. We should be leading the way on how it's done right. Yes. I have said this Absolutely. for years. We are the ones that should be leading the way on how this is done right. And so anyway, that's where we go. And... Um, and I do agree, and I'm really behind you, that my new mantra is get the, 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 the big, bad, and the ugly out of the system. There we go. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I think that's something we can all agree on. No, I think that we can all agree on that. We need to get the big, bad, and the ugly out of this because they, don't, they should not be in Mendocino County. They j- should be gone. So anyway, anything else to add? Matt Kendall, our sheriff. Nope. Um, that's just about it. Thank you so much. i got to run off and jump in this meeting. You take good care. All right. I'll stay in touch. Thanks so much, Matt. Have a great day. Bye-bye. All righty. All right. Sheriff Matt Kendall. Yeah. He's a good guy, and we need to help him out. So if you have an opinion about this and you feel motivated, let your representative know. I mean, you can even email the governor. What the heck? All right. Here we go. Let's get another caller on. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. 
Hey, good morning. Um, I'd like to follow the sheriff uh, up on, a, I'm a longtime resident of Mendocino County, and I'm not in the cannabis business, but I have watched it for years, and we tried prohibition, and we tried enforcement with Camp and Comet for years and years, and it wasn't until, what, three, four years ago when we voted to make it legal, and unfortunately, by too much bureaucracy and regulation, they kept the black market in place. And we've now got a situation where we've still got a black market and we've got a dysfunctional, as far as I can tell, regulatory system for a quote-unquote legal market. It's really time to just let cannabis be an agricultural crop. Let enforcement be done the same way planning and building enforcement is done when there is a complaint for environmental reasons or... um, illegal construction or anything like that, it falls on planning and building to take care of, and just stop wasting our taxpayer dollars trying to price support a uh, system. Um, As long as we have price supports for a black market, we're going to have bad actors. And I don't say that they aren't bad actors. They are bad actors. But we've had bad actors in this county for 35 years. And I don't think throwing more money at suppressing marijuana cultivation is going to get us out of this problem. And I'm tired as a taxpayer of seeing my dollars spent on cannabis price support. Well, that's why I think the state is making a lot of money on the cannabis taxes and all the regu- all the li- legal side of it, and they're not investing it back in making sure that the it's the legal that is being in is is what's there. That's what I think. It's not so. It's the cannabis money that I think needs to come back into keeping the big bad and the ugly out of the county. But thanks for your opinion. Have a great day. Wait, I got one more. I got, oh, I got one more. Okay, for sorry. You. Go ahead. Just to follow up on that. Yeah. Which is that as long as they spend any money trying to suppress that and they keep the legal system so complex, you're going to continue to have a black market. And that's why we voted to have it be legalized. Um, and then on the town of Mendocino, the town of Mendocino does not have a municipal water supply. Unfortunately, all of the businesses and residents of the town of Mendocino have their individual wells that are monitored by a water district. And it is high time for the town of Mendocino to pass a bond and create a municipal water supply. It, it, you know, it should have happened in the 70s when the sewer system went in. But there's, a, there's no other solution for the town of Mendocino well, other than to figure out how to put in some kind of municipal water supply. And I wholeheartedly agree that we I, I live in the town of Mendocino that we need to figure that out and it's time and there may be um, state money available so talk to the locals and see about doing that thanks a lot all right thank you you bet yep, bye. bye all right caller you're on the air all right good morning caller you're on the air well surprise this is uh, Tom from Redwood Valley hey Tom and- I'm calling to thank Sheriff Kendall for his wonderful remarks and his good heart and common sense attitude towards all of this mess that we find ourselves in. Uh, I do want to say one thing, though, which is that... Hang on. I don't know what's going on with that. 
we've, we've got a strange signal here. We I do. Think we're going to have to. I may have to drop you and trail. I may have to drop you and have you call back. Thanks. Wow. Okay, I had to drop everybody on that. I don't know what went on that, but we do have another caller, and we'll get them on the air. Yes, Redwood Valley is in a really bad situation. People are stealing water from their water tanks. They need to get game cams. People need to watch it and start reporting it. You need to report to the sheriff if you see inappropriate water drawing or you see trucks running around, water trucks with no licenses, no numbers on them, get pictures. This has got to stop. All right. That's my humble opinion. Here we go. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Okay. Let's continue. Hey, very good. uh, We've got a a minuscule staff for code enforcement. That really does need to change, probably, Sheriff, or somebody said that already, but it's just critically important. They only got two and a half people. Um, And the county government is operating under the assumption that people that have permits from the state and the county and permits in process are the do-right guys, and that is far from the case. Most of those folks, or at least let us say a good number that could easily be discoverable, are criminal enterprises that are operating behind the guise of playing the game with the county. That's the sad truth. So it isn't all just the big, bad, total outlaw growth. There are also slightly smaller ones that are buying multiple properties, throwing up hoop houses, and just making an awful mess. Well, the so supervisors. I'm, I'm off my. Well, but, but let me say the supervisors did mention that 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 one of the priorities is to look at people that have multiple small grows that are not playing by the system. So that was mentioned. Well, they may, that was mentioned. Yeah, they may have them. Go ahead. Excuse me. No, that was. I was just saying they're aware of that. Well, they may have them under different LLCs, but when you see their employees going back and forth from one to another, you can see that it's an enforcement problem. Maybe um, hmm. whether they're trying to umbrella them all under the same permits, who knows? But uh, well, we'll see. They're gonna they're yes. gonna get the staff. Once they get the staff, we'll see what's going on. But thank you for your call. All right. Thank you for the wonderful program. Right. You're really doing us a, a big mitzvah here, Karen. Oh, thank you so Bye. much. Bye. All right. Woo! That one didn't go either. Try again, folks. That's a weird phone line. 895-2448. I have no idea what's going on with that one line, but we're going to try to drop it. Okay, there we go. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Wanted to call um, regarding you know being a legal permitted farm in Mendocino County and the fact of all this water uh, and stuff going on and concern and it, it is a very large concern. You cannot get a permit in Mendocino County unless you have a reliable water source that is legal, and they inspect that when they come out and they check your property to make sure that everything is going to code. So I feel like there's a lot of confusion amongst the people that are not in the system as far as being permitted and doing the legal growth. We, you know, we pay our taxes, which are a lot more than the regular Joe would pay. We work our asses off and we try to do everything that is possible for us to do in a legal manner. And there are 
tons of people that are not. But you got to remember that when you're talking about all of these people, quote unquote, that have these farms that are legal or not, there's a bunch of us that have definitely played by the rules from the state and the county and have done everything that we can possibly do. And we're still being categorized in with these people that are not doing things the legal way. I don't even know what this show is about, but I turned the radio uh, on and I'm hearing certain things and it's just a little discouraging, you know, well, especially wait, 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 let me break in. federal taxes. Let me, let, me, let me break in because you did miss the part of the show that I am so supportive of you and the folks that are doing it legally. And I will, yeah. and I want to say right now, this show, what I, I do not focus on the legal side of it because that they have a cannabis hour and I let them do okay. that. My whole focus has been on the big, the bad and the ugly. All right. Which and that's there's the, a lot of, yeah. which there is a lot of. And that's not you. And I just want to no. this is one. I need to say something else because I just, I'm seeing this happen in Anderson Valley and I am appalled. I am angry and I don't know not where to direct it. But I know people that are trying to that are legal that are working to get legal and you guys have had so many restrictions on you i just passed a hill coming to the station today that is they have ripped off all of the topsoil they are terraforming this old beautiful hill right off of highway 128 to do vineyards and i know for a fact that not one Barely any dirt can be moved for a cannabis farmer. And I have to tell you, I am enraged that a cannabis farmer is so much more restrictive than wine grapes. I cannot believe it. Sorry, I'm, a, I'm it just upset. Yeah, it's very it's very hard to see to be a cannabis farmer and do everything legal and pay our taxes and just try to make a living and see the vineyards that are you know lo- that are on the creek beds and f- and flowing all the pesticides into the creek beds. We're not even allowed to be within 150 feet of a creek on our own property, even if we're farming 100 percent organic. There's so many things that go into it. it but it's so now bad. that you've clarified. Yeah, yeah it's just clarified your yeah. show. I appreciate it. And I just wanted to No, no, congratulations so to you and stick it out, yeah. but yeah, I mean the the inconsistency between grapes and cannabis is appalling. If anybody is on 128, you see it right there in front of you. Literally, they are taking down this hill to put grapes in. Sorry I ranted, but anyway, good luck. Keep no. in keep in the keep in there. <laughs> Hang in there. Thank you. Hang in there. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. You're on the air with us today. Uh, good morning. Uh, I wanted to comment on a previous caller's mention about price support. Many, many years ago I, I called in and talked to Norm DeBall about this. As long as there's an enforcement effort against any kind of marijuana growing, it's a price support. The nature of agriculture and the nature of the free market, I'm not, I'm very left-wing, but the fact is, if you leave it alone, the quantity increases, the price goes down, it's not worth doing anymore. This whole idea of war on drugs is a price support, and as long as we subscribe to that, we're going to have a problem. All right, thanks for the call. Mhm. All right. Caller, you, caller, you're on the air. Hi, uh, Karen. Yes. Uh, this is Laura. You're on the uh, air. I wanted to let you know I'm on on Sherwood Road. The Sherwood Road thing that you were talking about before. Yes. I talked with a few of the people um, 
that were running the organization because they're also going to be cutting trees on Timberline. After that big snowstorm, it totally destroyed all the trees on Sherwood Road, and they're doing a lot of cleanup. They're supposedly only taking down trees within with branches within 20 feet of the wires, not taking down whole trees that potentially could fall. Okay. All right. So something's going on with the phones. I'm going to have to drop you. That's um, good information. Sorry about that, Laura. For some reason, they get the busy signal after a while. I'm going to try to get somebody else here. Caller, you're on the air? Oh, I'll get the last call, possibly. You'd, oh, wait. You know what? I can't. i got to get off the air. But Yeah. Quick. Okay. So um, just a quick uh, comment is about the wine grapes. I'm sure an acre of wine... Uh, grapes uh, that making wine probably kills a lot more people per year than an acre of cannabis. So true. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay, folks. Hey, thanks for making the show happen. Listeners, callers, and members, please be a member. I'm Karen Audubon, and I'm going to get out of here. Up next is coming our classical music. Please stay tuned to Mendocino County Public Radio. And we always need your support. You can do that by mailing us a check or going online at kzyx.org and hitting the big donate button. Thanks so much. I'll be back with you in two weeks. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.